like a good time to start a series. And I've named this series Spark. That's short for It Only Takes a Spark. Back before I was born, back in the 50s, my uh, hometown of Forks was almost completely uh, burned to the ground by a forest fire. My mom and dad uh, would tell us stories of how they buried everything that was important to them in a big cedar chest. And they got in their car and there were flames on both sides of the highway as they evacuated Forks, not knowing if they would come back to a house or not. All started because of a railroad car that was in the area to pick up logs, it's a logging community, and a spark from a railroad car caused a massive fire in that area of the Olympic Peninsula. We know James talks about how a spark, one single spark, can set a whole forest ablaze. But I want you to think today, if a spark can do so much damage, flip that over and think, man, maybe a spark could also be used for good. And so for the next five weeks, I want to talk about five very fundamental teachings of Jesus how we should live our life in this world that would cause a spark, that would change the culture of your home, the culture of your HOA, the culture of your soccer association, the culture of your classroom, the culture of your office, the culture of the field that you work in. It only takes a spark. So we're going to talk about five different ways that Jesus told us that we should live our lives, that we'll create this kind of spark that I think will warm people's hearts, will draw them to the gospel. Five simple, fundamental teachings of Jesus. But I don't apologize for that. Sometimes we get lost in all the theological, um, you know, doctrinally correct, uh, all that kind of stuff. And it's good to go deep. Don't get me wrong. You can come on Wednesday night. We go really deep in our Bible study. But sometimes we, we get so lost in all that that we miss the simplicity of the gospel. And today I want to talk about being kind. <laughs> Not real profound, but as Christians, we should be the kindness people in our community, the kindest people on the face of the earth. I was down in Van Eyes, California years ago at a pastor's uh, seminar that Jack Hayford uh, sponsored there at the big Foursquare church. And I'll never forget, uh, it wasn't even a main session, it was a devotional. And he said, you know, kindness is always appropriate. If you don't know what to do as a pastor or a preacher, be kind. You'll never be more like Jesus when you demonstrate the quality of kindness. And Jack Hayford said we'd actually win more people to the Lord if we as Christians were kinder to them instead of trying to convince them why they're wrong and we're right. If we were kind to people, it would attract them to the gospel. So today's talk is really all about kindness. It's based on one simple verse in the Bible. And you've heard the verse, 
In fact, in most translations, whatever you have, it's going to be about 12 words. About 12 words. And the way that I memorized it was, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's called the golden rule. And really, it's saying as Christ's followers, we need to be kind. And really, that's all you need to hear today. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It doesn't really take a 30-minute sermon. doesn't take a lot of explanation or exposition. Or, uh, but don't worry. <laughs> That's not going to happen. You're going to get the whole sermon. I know you're getting kind of worried that I was just going to dismiss you without actually speaking. But no, you're going to get the explanation, the application. I pray that the Lord will give you some insight. And that you won't just put up a, a fence and say, oh, I've heard that before. Because I think the Lord has something new to show us. It's been said that this simple verse, this single verse found in Matthew's gospel is the Mount Everest of ethics. Whatever training you've had in ethics, whatever you have uh, been taught about treating one another right, uh, this is the peak of good behavior. In fact, I want to propose to you it's the peak of godly behavior. If you want to be at the peak, at the Mount Everest of ethics, if you want to be more like Jesus than ever before, you need to practice being kind. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Man, that was a revolutionary statement. Did you get that? Jesus is saying everything about the Old Testament law, all that stuff in the Old Covenant, all the stuff the prophets have been teaching you can be summarized in essence by the golden rule. If you will do to other people what you would want them to do to you, man, can you imagine how your life would change? It only takes a spark. If your family adopted that principle, what about if our church, when Angie First Assembly, truly adopted that principle? The witness that that would have in our community, it would be revolutionary. Now, as I've said so often, you can't control other people. You can't make decisions for others. Whether they live by the golden rule or not is not up to you. Today, the Holy Spirit is saying to each of us, will you, as an individual, rise to the occasion, the Mount Everest of ethics, Will you live by the golden rule? It says, do unto others, no matter what they do to you. It's easy to forgive if you're forgiven. It's easy to be nice to someone if they're nice to you. You, you can't control whether they're nice, whether they're going to forgive you. 
But you can control. And the Holy Spirit can give you power to do unto others the way that you would want them to do. Not necessarily the way that they are doing, but the way that you would want them to do unto you. So today, I'm going to hopefully, you know, just give you a fresh look at what it means to follow the golden rule. And then in the next four uh, parts of this series, we're going to look at other fundamental, foundational teachings of Jesus, okay? So let's look at three ways we can approach this commandment with maybe a new, you know, vitality to faithfully follow the teachings of Jesus. The first is we need to make it our aim to be intentionally considerate. We have to initiate it. Make it your aim to be intentionally considerate. In um, ancient Jewish writings, way before Jesus vocalized this commandment in Matthew, there were sayings and ethical um, writings that parallel this. See, some people don't understand that not everything in the Bible is original. You know, there were sayings, there were philosophers, there were people before the Bible ever wrote or was ever written that sometimes expressed the same things. And this is one of them. For instance, Confucius, years before the Bible was ever written, was once asked, Confucius, is there one word which may serve as a rule of practice for all of one's life? And his answer was, the word is reciprocity. Now, of course, he said it in Chinese, but that was the word. Confucius said, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. Now, the Roman emperor Servus Alexander had a similar saying that was actually engraved on the walls of his palace. And it said, what you do not wish to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. And even in Jewish writings before Jesus came along, there's a story uh, about an outsider that came to the rabbi and said, Rabbi, I will convert to your religion if you can teach me the whole law while I'm standing on one foot. And the great rabbi responded this way, what is hateful to yourself, do to no other. That is the whole law. The rest is commentary. That was before Jesus said, hey, the golden rule summarizes all of the laws of the prophets. But if you notice what those statements have in common, Confucius or the emperor of Rome or the ancient Jewish rabbi, they're expressed in a negative way. Do not do to someone what you do not want them to do to you. Let's look more closely at how Jesus phrased it. Notice that he actually turned the thing upside down 
and he expressed it in a positive way. In living out the golden rule, that's an important place for us to start. And what I'm saying is that we shouldn't demand that others do that, that which we're not willing to do. We shouldn't treat others in a way that we ourselves don't want to be treated. But if you don't like what happens to you, remember they're not going to like what happens to them. It's simple, but it's not easy. In fact, some commentators that I read in preparation for today's lesson said the golden rule in its negative form is fairly easy to follow. Think about that. Don't do to other people what you don't want them to do to you. That's in the negative form. It's fairly easy to follow because you're focusing in on what you don't want to do rather than what you are doing. And one of the first obstacles that we face in attempting to live out the golden rule is that we're too focused on what we're about, what's going on in our lives, to the extent that sometimes we don't pay attention to the impact we have on others. That's why Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, Philippians chapter 2, don't look out only for your own interest, take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What he's saying there is, in effect, make it a point to think of others first. Initiate. What do you want me to do? Not, well, I won't do this because I don't want that done back to me. See, Jesus always took the law and made it just a little bit harder. You know, Jesus upped the bar. He really did. The Old Testament says don't commit adultery. Jesus came along and said, no, don't even look at a woman with lust in your eyes or you have committed adultery. That's a much harder commandment to keep than do not commit adultery. And here we see it again in the golden rule. It's not just don't do to that person what you don't want done to you. He flipped that thing around and made it harder and say, as my followers, I want you to take the initiative to do to other people what you would want them to do to you. Totally dependent upon their reaction. They might throw cold water in your face. They might not appreciate it. They might not even say thank you. They might retaliate in an opposite manner. But it doesn't matter. Jesus said, we are to be kind to people. In fact, his teaching goes on a little bit further, which brings us to our second guideline. And that is, make it your aim to take the initiative in being kind. Initiative. That means that you seek, I seek, at every opportunity to do something good in any given situation. But this is brand new. This was revolutionary teaching. His disciples had heard the golden rule before phrased differently. But Jesus brought this fresh approach to it and said, no, it's not about what you're not doing. It's about what you should be doing. And you should do it no matter what. Be kind to your neighbor even when they're mean to you. So easy for us to be kind to someone who's kind to us. It's easy to forgive someone who forgives us. 
That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you need to be like me. You need to be kind. You need to be loving no matter what the response is. Is that what it says? Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. And I want everyone to be kind to me. I want everyone to, to treat me with grace. I want everyone to treat me with respect. I want everyone to, you know what I'm saying? Jesus challenges us today to take this ancient principle a step further. Rather than merely not doing what we don't want to do or have done to us, we need to look for opportunities to treat others in a way that we want to be treated. It's not enough, you know, not just to cut somebody off in traffic. Maybe we should consider actually looking for opportunities to slow down and let people cut in in front of us. Ouch. <laughs> Rather than merely not speaking harshly to your spouse, why don't you consider speaking kindly to your spouse? Maybe consider overlooking an offense even if the person has not acknowledged that what they did to you was wrong. Man, this is, a, this is a tough one, but the Holy Spirit can help us to be kind. In conversations, you know, we're always thinking about when's that person going to give me a break so I can say what I want to say. What about if we actually considered listening to someone instead of interrupting them with our story. Man, there's an important distinction that we need to make here. Again, in ancient writings, the principle has been paraphrased, treat others as they wish to be treated. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, treat others as you wish to be treated. And I want to talk about that for a moment, because sometimes people think, oh, we should treat others the way that they want to be treated. That's not what Jesus says. That does not work. There are a lot of people that have this attitude of, let's say, entitlement. They want to be treated with this attitude of entitlement. They think their wants and their needs, you know, are always first and foremost and should always be the priority. That's not what the Bible says. You can't treat individuals the way that they wish to be treated because ultimately, friends, it wouldn't be the best for them and it wouldn't be good for anyone else either. That's how people get in these codependent kind of relationships. But when you consider how Jesus phrased this commandment, Matthew 7, 12, particularly in context of his other teachings, and we always need to be careful. You can't just take one scripture. It's called proof texting. Like, oh, here's a scripture that will prove what I wanted to say or want to express, and you just pull it out. You can't do that. You got to look at all of the teachings of Jesus, not just this one. And when you do that, you'll have a better understanding of how this principle should be applied. I want to take you to Mark chapter 12. Let's see what Jesus said that might help us to know how to apply the golden rule and basically, bottom line, how to be kinder people. So one time, this uh, teacher of the law came to Jesus, and he said, hey, Jesus, 
of all the commandments, which is the most important? And here's what Jesus said, Mark chapter 12. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Now remember, when in our Western thinking we see a list, we think the first thing on the list, number one, is the most important. So Jesus is saying here, don't think that way. The number two thing on the list here is equally as important to the number one thing. Isn't that what he says here? The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor, period. It says love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says no other commandment is greater than these. The guideline for living a golden rule lifestyle is not that you give everyone else what they want. It's that you love them the way that you love yourself. You treat others the way you want to be treated. You initiate forgiveness the way that you want to be forgiven. You are kind even though others are mean. It doesn't mean you let people walk over you. Just because you're following Jesus, you're not a doormat. It's just that you respect others in the same way that you respect yourself. It's not that you don't hold other people accountable. It's that you hold other people accountable in the same way that you want to be held accountable. I want to be accountable to the board of this church. I want to be accountable to my network leader, Pastor Don. I want to be accountable to the executive presbytery who controls my credentials with the Assemblies of God. I want to be accountable. But you know, I want to be accountable in a spirit of love. <laughs> I want to be accountable in a spirit of compassion. I want to be accountable in the spirit of patience and grace. And therefore, I need to hold other people accountable, but I need to do it in the same way, in that spirit of love. 1 Corinthians 13 says love is kind. So for a moment, I want us to kind of interchange the word love and kind. If we want to do everything in love, we want to do everything then in a kind way. Yes, you can hold someone accountable. You can hold them to the same standards that we have accepted as Christ's followers. But we do it in a kind way, with love, with compassion, with patience. See, it's not, it's not that you don't deal with conflict in a family or in a marriage. It doesn't mean that you don't set boundaries in relationships. You just do all these things in a healthy way, in a respectful way. So the real key, though, here to putting this principle into practice is that we are the ones that take the initiative. You don't wait till the other guy makes the first move. Jesus here is saying, you take the first move. I know a lot of people that, you know, they... They take this and they twist it around to say, well, I will do unto others as they have done unto me. <laughs> no, that's not what he's saying. You've heard that before, haven't you? 
man, they treated me this way, so I'll treat them that way. The problem is that doesn't work. Man, when two people enter any kind of a relationship, whether you're a friend, whether you're a business partner, whether you're married, whether you're an employer or an employee, whatever it is, if that is your philosophy, it's doomed to fail. I'll treat them the way they treat me because it only takes one mistake and everything unravels. One person says, okay, if you drop the ball on me, then I'll drop the ball on you. Oh, yeah? Well, if you do that, then I'm going to drop two balls on you. You know, and pretty soon you're just in this vicious cycle. If you're only willing to do unto others as they do unto you, ultimately all your relationships will be based on keeping score. And you will miss the entire principle that Jesus lays out here about being kind. Read it again, Matthew 7, 12. I encourage you today to be the person who will break that cycle. Maybe in some of your relationships. Maybe you've been judged. And maybe you've been judged unfairly. So your natural response is to judge back. But being kind and following the golden rule means, hey, if you are judged, you need to choose understanding. If you've been rejected by someone or by a church or by an organization or by your family, if you were rejected, break the cycle and choose acceptance. I put this in my notes because I wanted to make sure I said it the way that I really felt it in my heart. Be the person you needed when you were hurting. Don't be the person who hurt you. Vow to be better than what broke you. To heal instead of becoming bitter. You know, so often we act from our pain. And I get that. Man, I've experienced that just in the last few weeks. You know, you're hurting. And you're in pain. And so it's easy then to react in pain. But this whole golden rule, this whole concept of being kind means instead of acting from my pain, I'm going to act from my heart of commitment to the biblical principles of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more, more patient, more forgiving than I expect other people to be. But I've got to make the choice to make that initiative. Again, we're not waiting for them to make the move and then we respond. We're taking the initiative. Finally, one more thing. To apply the golden rule to our relationships, you need to make it your aim to really sincerely want the best for the other person. Rabbi Eleazar ben Hyrcanus lived in the second century. He wrote, quote, Let the honor of thy friend be as dear unto thee as thy own. Now, in other words, what he's saying here is when your friends succeed, <laughs> be glad. Be excited for them. 
When your friends receive a promotion and a blessing, you should be as happy for them as you would have been if you would have been the one to get the blessing or the promotion. See, too often we think, well, it's not enough to succeed. Other people have to fail. That, that is not a Jesus way of thinking at all. You can't live by the golden rule of resentment and envy. And In fact, King Solomon put it this way in Proverbs 4, jealousy is like cancer in your bones. If you think someone else has to fail for you to succeed, man, you know, you need to open up your heart because the Lord still has some work to do in your heart. Paul said in that great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, let's look at the fourth verse. Love is patient and kind. So I'm saying that today to be kind is to be loving. And it says love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. We need to live by the golden rule, and that means in addition to doing the best we can for other people, we also make it our aim to want the best for other people. Even praying the best for other people. Let me challenge you, <laughs> maybe this week, to pray along these lines. Lord, would you bless that brother even more than you're blessing me? See, that's really a kind way to pray. As I was preparing my final notes last night, as I always do on Saturday night, I, I pray for pastors, I pray for churches, and I generally text them. I'll text Pastor Mike over at Sage Hills, or I'll, I'll text Pastor Andrew over at Columbia Grove. It's just something that's kind of part of my weekend rhythm. But the Lord challenged me. Jerry, can you pray that God will bless Sage Hells even more than he's blessing First Assembly? Ooh, that's a little tougher. <laughs> will you pray the New Song community will grow faster than First Assembly will grow? Oh, Lord, that's a little bit tougher. But really, in essence, if we want to practice the golden rule, if we want to learn how to be kind, we need to make it our aim to want the best for others. So here's my summary. This is what it means to live a golden rule lifestyle. You truly want the best for others, and at every opportunity, you will give your best to others. That is the Mount Everest of ethics. That is holy living at its peak. If you want to be holy, if you want to be more like Jesus, here's the key. I know it doesn't sound as spiritual as being able to prophesy or speak in tongues or heal the sick or raise the dead or do miracles. But truly, I believe holy living, godly living at its finest is understanding and applying and living what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you would have them to do unto you. And if we'll do that, friends, 
consistently. It's going to be like a spark. It'll change the people around you. It'll change your family. It'll change your workplace. It'll change our church. It'll change our community. Let's be loving. Let's be kind. Let's do unto others what we would like for them to do unto us. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity we've had today to look at a very basic teaching, yet one that I believe your Holy Spirit has given us insight to. Lord, it's easy for us to love and forgive people who are loving and forgiving. But that's not what you're calling us to do. We're to be kind to mean people. We're to be forgiving to people who are hurting us. And God, that's a standard that is beyond our ability to keep. So I pray, Jesus, that you'll help each and every one of us to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, when we begin to react from our pain, that we'll pause for a moment and say, Jesus, send your Holy Spirit to give me the boldness to respond from my heart, my heart of obedience, my heart to be like you. Help us, Jesus, to be kind, to be loving, to do to others what we would have them to do unto us. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said.